Welcome to PCA One-on-One, Positive Coaching Alliance's podcast series where we talk with leading experts about how to develop better athletes, better people through sports. Well, welcome to PCA's One-on-One podcast. I'm David Jacobson, Marketing Communications Manager, and I'm joined today by Jeffrey Marks. Jeffrey is the youngest ever Pulitzer Prize winner and most known as author of Season of Life, A Football Star, A Boy, A Journey to Manhood a book written in conjunction with Joe Ehrman, who's on PCA's National Advisory Board and was a Pro Bowl caliber player with the Baltimore Colts. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you, David. Thanks for having me. This book has been so influential, Season of Life, in terms of bringing Joe's character and history to light and the implications that that carries for coaches and student-athletes who read the book and kind of understand some of the higher values of sports. Can you talk a little bit about the impact that you've had from it and the sorts of things that you've heard from readers in terms of it impacting their lives? Well, I certainly never would have guessed or even hoped many years ago that we would end up all these years later with the outcome that we have. It's an ongoing journey, but it's a journey that started in 2001 by spending a football season, a high school football season, with Joe and the Gilman Greyhounds in Baltimore. Here we are 16 years later, and uh, the book has been going and growing ever since. But it's really not just a book anymore. It's really about this journey, and it's about uh, the evolution of so many programs around the country that have now adopted and then adapted the messages to their own needs. And we've seen this done with schools, with youth sports groups, with churches, with community organizations, corporate groups, the United States Navy, uh, the list goes on and on. It's really been overwhelming and an incredible experience to see the way that people have used those, those messages to impact their own lives and the lives of people around them. Is there one or two particular instances of reader feedback or things you've seen in action as you've been around the country speaking and such that um, encapsulates how this book has resonated and and how it's impacted people? Well, I think it's impacted in so many different ways that it would be hard for me to do that. I I just know that in all these years since the book has come out, there has not been a single day that has passed that somehow the subject of season of life does not come up in, in my life, in my personal interactions with people and hearing from people through the website or through phone calls or through the speaking engagements. So it's really just an ongoing process to, to try to single it out would be kind of tough. I guess in a broad sense, one of the pieces that has touched me the most personally has been the father-son impact. And to hear from fathers and sons, that's always what means the most to me because this really impacted my own relationship with my dad as well. So that was really a goal of mine when we released the book. Hopefully we would touch another father and son in some way using our story to do that. And and that's certainly happened um, countless times through those years. That's wonderful. The father-son, father-daughter, any parent relationship with a child through sports is, is a really critical one. And I'm hoping that you'll reflect on that a little bit more, talk about what is at stake there in terms of family life and in terms of developing people through sports in terms of their youth sports experience with their parents. Well, I think in in a broader sense, even the the whole power of the sports platform. So you're speaking about it in the context of a 
parent-child relationship, which, of course, what could be a more important relationship in this world than that? But it even broadens out from there. And it's, it's been my belief for many years, not only in this work, but in, in work that I've done for 25, 30 years now, that really the most powerful platform in America today is the power of the sports platform. And so to use that in a way that can be done strategically and intentionally, choices have to be made to do that. It doesn't just happen on its own. But when that choice is made or those choices are made, the impact can go on and on. That's from a parent to a child. That's from a coach to a team or, or a specific child. It can happen in so many different ways. But, boy, the opportunity to reach and to teach young people through the messages attached to the sports platform, I think, is endless and incredibly powerful. Can you talk a little bit about some of the key themes in the book, which I would encompass as relationships and working for a cause greater than oneself and your view of how youth sports can play into those values? Well, I think, again, playing off of that concept of of the power of the sports platform, if you zero in on that relationship between a coach and the athletes, and, and you think of the fact that, you know, when, maybe I've seen different numbers on this, I'm sure you have too, but I've seen 20 to 30 million kids playing youth sports, 10 million teenagers playing interscholastic sports, 5 million adults coaching those uh, children. That's a lot of people in our culture. And I think what Joe has done, that, that puts the coach in an incredibly powerful position to touch the lives of other people. I think what Joe has done has taken that role and really redefined it, not only for himself, but for so many people around him. The definition he's come up with is, is one that you can really tie back to the first use of the word coach in the English language, going all the way back to the 1500s in England, when a coach was defined as a horse-drawn carriage, but not just any old carriage. It had a very specific purpose, and the purpose was to convey or transport a person of importance from where he or she is to where he or she wants to be, needs to be, or ought to be going. So I would make the argument, I believe Joe would make this argument as well, that all these years later, that's what we ought to be expecting of and, in fact, demanding of our youth sports coaches, taking our people of importance, our young people, from where they are to where they want to be, need to be, or ought to be going. That, of course, has nothing to do with points on a scoreboard. It has nothing to do with one-loss record or league championships or state titles or any of that stuff. It has everything to do with the concepts Joe is teaching to those boys on that high school football team. It's pretty unusual. High school football, football, the most violent sport in America. But the playbook Joe uses, in addition to offense, defense, special teams, it's really keyed into concepts such as these. Empathy, integrity, kindness, justice, living a life of service to others relationships. So those are concepts that aren't usually related to the high school football experience, but that's what Joe is doing with those boys. Cool. Let's talk about the views that you may have on youth sports in general. You've been immersed in this world for at least the the 16 years that you were working on the book and that the book has been out. What have you seen change and what are the greatest threats and opportunities within the overall landscape of youth sports? 
Well, I think in terms of change, it's probably just a higher degree uh, and onward march, unfortunately, of some of the negative things that we've seen creeping into youth sports for so many years now. And that is to say the overemphasis of some parents, the uh, overemphasis or the wrong emphasis of some coaches. Um, I don't think that's the overwhelming thing that we're seeing out there because luckily I think there's a lot of, a lot of movement toward very positive trends in youth sports. But I think when we see that, we unfortunately see some of it at its worst. The flip side of that is the opportunity, and the opportunity ties right back into what we've been talking to already, the power of the sports platform. If this is done properly, if the proper choices are made, if a coach chooses to be strategic and intentional in what he or she is teaching young people while within the context of youth sports, then I just don't think there's anything more powerful that we can do with young people. You know, for me, this becomes very personal because I can go all the way back to my seventh grade year in junior high school and remember very clearly a lesson that was taught to me by my junior high school basketball coach that has stayed with me my whole life. In fact, it's really served as my motivational North Star, if you will. I've always known that if I would stay locked in on this, I would never lose my way in this world. I had a junior high school basketball coach that taught me the concept of no regrets. No regrets in basketball terms meant that as long as we worked hard, practiced hard, worked as a team, tried as best we could in the game, then no matter what the scoreboard showed when we were done, we would never leave that gym with any regrets whatsoever because we knew that we brought to it the best that we could. But Coach Spano, Jim Spano was his name, he wasn't really teaching me about basketball, he was teaching me about life. And in life, those same concepts have applied. Everything I've ever done as a 54-year-old man, I literally see and think about those words every day because I have them on a sign right by the door that I walk out of every single day. So that's both a tribute to Mr. Spano, but in a broader sense, it's also the guidepost that has been leading me everywhere I've gone in this world, and it's also a tribute to youth, youth sports in general when used properly. It's terrific. I'm, I'm curious if uh, that struck you in your seventh grade year. As a 12-, 13-year-old, did you really understand the impact of, of what Coach Spano was working on with you guys? I absolutely did, and in fact, I'll never forget this day. One day after practice, we had already heard about this many times, but one day after practice, I don't know why this specific day, looking back on it, I chose to do this, but when I got home, I pulled out a black marker. I wrote the words, no regret, on an index card, a little three-by-five index card, and I pinned it up to my wall in my childhood bedroom on a bulletin board. So I was looking at it every single day. I absolutely knew what it meant. I absolutely cared what it meant, and part of that was because of that player-coach relationship. Even at that young age, I had so much respect for Mr. Spano and the role that he played and the type of person he was, and I knew, I knew as a seventh-grade boy that he was already building into our lives. So I had tremendous respect for him personally, and therefore I attached great importance to his messages. you talk a little bit about what you're working on these days? Um, obviously, Season of Life uh, put you onto a wonderful trajectory in terms of your role in the youth sports landscape, and I'm curious um, what some of your next steps may be. 
Well, one of the things I continue to do, and Joe does, and he does it so well, um, speaking engagements and projects with different schools, community groups, churches all over America has been really a big part of this journey for us the last 15 years. So I continue to enjoy that, and hopefully that's having some sort of impact along the way. And then I still do some writing. I've had several other books come out since then. But I'm real excited, too, about a project that I'm just working on now. We're going to start this fall with a podcast. It's going to be called Beyond the Games, Conversations at the Intersection of Sports and Life. I'm really looking forward to doing that as well. Again, it's not going to be about games. It's going to be about people in their lives. It's going to be about, as we keep saying here, the power of the sports platform. That's great. Who are some of the uh, important voices you're seeing out there in sports in general, perhaps media, and um, at the youth sports and high school sports level that, that you think can kind of shape the future in the way you might like to see things shaped? Well, immediately two names come to mind, and that's probably because they're friends of mine as well, but I've seen them develop such an amazing program. This isn't really at the youth level. It's more at the collegiate level, although they're reaching into programs at the youth level as well in Houston and in Texas in a broader sense. But a guy you may have heard of by the name of Carl Lewis, he's won a few Olympic medals along the way. Uh, Carl is a dear friend. We've done a lot of work together through the years. Uh, Winner of nine Olympic gold medals. Uh, made five U.S. Olympic teams, set all kinds of world records, and was the Olympian of the century, as named by both the International Olympic Committee and Sports Illustrated. So he's very accomplished uh, in what he did when he was running and jumping in stadiums all over the world. But in recent years, he's been coaching. I never thought he was going to do this. I didn't think while he was competing that this was an interest he would later have. But one of his old teammates and training partners named Leroy Burrell also an Olympic champion back in the 90s. He and Leroy are coaching together at the University of Houston, and then they have some, a lot of work they're doing with youth clubs as well. And I really think what they're doing is amazing, not only because of their dedication to the fine-tuning of really talented young athletes, but they're also touching people's lives in the context that we're talking about as well. They have a framework for caring about people and their families and their futures, Uh, unlike a lot of other coaches I've seen. So I would hold up those two, Carl Lewis and Leroy Burrell at the University of Houston, as two people that I have followed in recent years that are really doing special things. Can you go a layer deeper on that and talk a little bit of exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it to impart the um, empowering and positive messages to youth? Well, the most important thing, number one, is that when they're bringing people to their school, it's not just about recruiting athletes, it's about recruiting human beings. Yes, they have lofty goals. Yes, their expectations are extremely high in terms of performance, but so too are their expectations extremely high in the type of human beings that they want to work with and build into. And I just don't think that everyone emphasizes that, especially at the level where winning becomes so important. So If that's really where you're going to put the emphasis on individuals and their lives and their future families, then I think by the nature of who you are, that's automatically going to impact lives, and that's exactly what they're doing. Great. There's a a turn of phrase, um, sports don't build the character, they reveal it. And that that sounds a a little bit constructed, but there's somewhere along that spectrum, I think, that 
kids can fall, coaches can fall. What's your take on that point of character either being developed or revealed through sports? Well, I don't think that's a mutually exclusive issue there. I think that both are true. Um, I think that uh, one of the myths we have, and Joe and I have talked about this for years, I'm sure others have too, associated with your organization, uh, which is doing so much good work on so many ways. But um, the fact is that so many people through the years, decades even, have had the mythical approach that sports automatically build character. Well, that's just not true. Sports don't automatically build character. They only build character if the character component is intentionally and strategically built into the sports program. So again, that's nothing new here. Um, That's a concept that we've been talking about for years. But again, it speaks to that fact that it's not one or the other. I think it can really be both. Great. In the the broadest possible terms, what is most interesting to you about sports and what it says about the human condition and can even shape the human condition? Wow. What's most interesting in in shaping the human condition is just the endless possibilities where that can happen. I think we never can even imagine as adults how powerful that impact is. Yeah, on a personal level, I can take that back. We already spoke about my seventh grade year and learning that message from Mr. Spano, but You know, as an 11-year-old boy, I became a ball boy for the Baltimore Colts football team when there was such a team. That's actually part of the narrative in the Season of Life book. And I look back on those years now, you know, as a kid, a sports-loving kid, spending those summers living with, traveling with, working with a professional football team. Man, as a sports-loving kid, that was just fun. I didn't think of that as a philosophical thing. I didn't think of that as a growth experience. It was just plain fun. But now as an adult, I look back on that, and I have for all of my adulthood, and realized how many different people in that setting impacted my lives in so many ways that they never would have known or even understood or maybe even cared about. It was just kind of what they did. It wasn't only Joe Ehrman who was one of those players. It was someone like Burt Jones, the star quarterback of the team in the 1970s, who to this day is a very close friend of mine here in Louisiana. It speaks to a friendship, a special relationship developed with a man named Ted Marchabroda, then the head coach of that team in the 1970s, who just died, unfortunately, a couple years ago. And what an incredible man he was throughout my entire lifetime, staying in touch with him. These are people that at that time never would have realized how much impact they were having on a young boy. But to be able to look up to those people, there are those who don't want sports figures to be role models, or there are those who are sports figures who don't want to be role models. But boy, there are awful lot of those people who do want to be and choose to be and intentionally speak into the lives of young people. And I was really fortunate to be on the receiving end of that. So again, as a 54-year-old man, to be able to look back on that and realize how much it's impacted my life, the lives of so many people, the, the, the possibilities are simply endless. This may be our last question, depending on on how you answer and where else it may take us. But overall, when you talk about the power of platform in sports, what do you see as the end game in terms of how it can shape individuals' lives who then go on to individually or collectively impact the world in positive ways? 
Well, the best thing that can possibly happen is that becomes a generational thing. So someone like Joe Ehrman, and when I was doing the book Season of Life, the head coach of that team, Biff Poggi, of course, Joe was the defensive coordinator, Joe uh, Biff the head coach, and they worked so closely together. But, you know, now it's become a generational thing. So the lessons they were teaching to those high school boys, those high school boys are now in their 30s, and they're teaching and coaching and working in different settings all over the country where they are now taking those messages to younger people as well. So I think the single best outcome that can come out of this is where it's a generational thing. And we start changing the culture of youth sports entirely because it starts with people like Joe and Biff and them passing it down. And those people then, again, not only adopting, but adapting to their own needs with those messages and then passing them down and sharing them with other people. I would make the argument that in 5, 10, 20 years, we wouldn't be only living in a different sports culture if those messages kept getting passed down. We would be, li- we'd be living in a different society overall in general, because so many of those people go on to be leaders in our society in a much broader way. So the impact can just go on and on and on. And the biggest goal would be that it does become generational. Well, I think that's a wonderful note for us to end on. And I really appreciate the uh, the depth and level of inspiration in that message and all the work that you've done to uh, impact youth sports and awaken uh, consciousnesses of people uh, throughout the world. David, thank you, and thanks to everyone, not only working at PCA, but in any way involved with PCA for the incredible impact you guys are having all over the country. Thank you. All right, thanks. Take care now. Thanks for joining us on this episode of PCA One-on-One. Be sure to visit PositiveCoach.org to download more podcasts.